Welcome to Ryan Rants and Raves, a podcast series by the Quebec government office in New York. Bienvenue à Ryan Rants and Raves, une série de podcasts par le gouvernement du Québec à New York. Today, I'm very excited to be with an individual who is making true change in the industry. She has great leadership experience, and she'll share more about that. But I'm with uh, Dominique Showers, and she is the VP of Arcteryx, and she'll give a little bit more about what she does. Dominique, uh, merci d'être venu. Thanks you, thank you again for taking the time to chat with me today. Merci. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Uh, I am the head of uh, re-commerce, so VP of re-commerce at Arcteryx, and uh, very rewarding role that I sit in. Yeah, and can can you give a brief background about yourself, um, so my listeners can know, and how you found yourself at this role? Because a VP of re-commerce is, I think that's something that is, it's more rare in the industry. I think it's something that's important in the industry, but you don't hear that title very often. Yeah, it's a fairly new title also for us. I started with Arcteryx as the GM for Valence and then moved through special projects, led special projects with the collaborations with Jill Sander and Palos. And then also had edited up the women's organization for a period of time as well, which was really exciting. And over time, we were already starting to work on our circularity initiatives. And I was already pressing into um, working with our Jedi team through my work my work with women's. And what was interesting on the circularity side is we'd already made some commitments from a science-based targets perspective, looking at everything from designing for circularity all the way through to end of life. And we had launched a program which is currently just in the U.S. called Use Gear, but it was run off the side of desks with a very passionate group of Arcteryx people who really believed in getting everything back into the field. And so inside of conversations with our our new CEO, Stuart, there was an opportunity for us to create together a new role um, for myself, which was really focused on re-commerce. So that's how this role has started. Well, that's really cool. And, and what, what's the Jedi? Because I read a little bit about that. Can you explain a little bit more about the Jedi and, that, and your implication there at, uh, at Arcteryx? Yes. At Arcteryx, we have been firmly committed to engaging our employees with DNI initiatives and then also our retail staff for over three years, I would say. So there is a group that was established within our people and culture lead called Jedi, so Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. Um, And so when I was starting with the women's programming, it made a lot of sense for us to really lean in and learn how we can create better diversity inside of our organization, um, higher rates of inclusion, and to be able to educate our people from an onboarding perspective and from a development side as well. Uh, I think that's that's great, you know, as as a senior leader to be a part of that, because then you could see change and others and have it diverse and and now to be a part of the re-commerce and that's that's palpable change internally and externally. So that's great. I didn't know that much about Jedi. I just read briefly about it. So thank you for sharing yeah. that. Yeah. It's a pretty exciting, it's a pretty exciting um, initiative that we're working to. It's definitely not perfect and we're not trying to be perfect with anything that we do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> however, with, uh, I think, I think we're, uh, we're visionaries and we're optimists and we love to be in the journey. So, um, so Jedi has been an amazing learning opportunity for all of us. And as we expanded it into our retail teams, it just um, created so much more opportunity for us to be inclusive uh, beyond just Canada into into the U.S. and in Europe as well. And and what I do want to mention is because I didn't mention that you know prior, but you know Arcteryx is a Canadian company, so I, I wanted to mention that. So, but do you have anything else to add about Arcteryx for those who might not know them? Yeah, Vancouver-based company. Um, 
we've been in the, we started off as a climbing brand. So in the business of making harnesses in the very early, early days in North Vancouver with an amazing crew of industrial designers. And in the late nineties, we started our apparel lines with outerwear for the first time. So jacket zero one was the alpha SB, and that was our first foray into outerwear. So from there, been testing, learning, and growing and adding to our product line for climb, snow, and for trail. I do want to talk about the Rebird program that you just launched. Can you share about that? Because you launched it this May, and I think it's a great endeavor that you guys are starting. Yeah, certainly. So Rebird represents the hub for all of how we communicate our circularity initiatives within Arc'teryx. So Rebird is greater than the re-commerce program. It uh, ties in the re-commerce program, so use gear and how we repair that product. And we've also moved into a much more like retail theater of service centers. So we have care and repair on site, education for our guests on how to take care of the products so that they last longer. We're really focused on durability um, and our concept of built to last us is really what we stand for inside of our gear. So we want to make sure that um, we can educate our guests and make sure that they know how to keep it in the field longer. And if they choose to trade it in, that they have an avenue to do so. Um, so those are the two key kind of cornerstones at the moment. And then also we, within Rebird, we have been designing some upcycling products. So we have excess raw material designs that we've been launching over the last few years that kind of come in sporadically where we use all of end of roll. Um, we have jackets that we've made as well. And then more importantly with Rebird, we've been really looking to, um, like I mentioned, the kind of the front end. So upstream design. So designing for circularity is really, really important to us. And so we've been looking at, you know, the material faces of fabrics that we use for Gore-Tex and making adjustments there. We've been even looking at how to move our footwear into a more sustainable future. Um, so that's really going to be the corner, like the, the big groundbreaking innovative opportunities for us is going to be inside of what we build in the future and how we design product to last longer. And, and this is what I find to be so innovative. And, you know, when, People talk about sustainable, how to make a more sustainable com- you know, company within the fashion industry. That's what you're doing because you are educating the consumer and finding every way possible not to prevent everything you have to end up in the landfill. You know, even as you Absolutely. mentioned that you're you know, upcycling. So if someone, let's say, gives a jacket and you can't resell it, then you're going to find a manner to prevent that from the zipper from going into the landfill. And if someone wants to trade something in, how does it work? Like, would I go to... Any Arcteryx store, like how, how, how would I do that? We just launched our trade-in program in North America, officially in Canada um, this month. So in the U.S., we've had it existing for more than two years. We have an in-store trade-in opportunity. Um, and then we also offer mail-in trade-in. If you go to usegear.arcteryx.com, you can link through to see what products are eligible right now. Um, and then in Canada, we're launching the same thing. So you'll be able to, if you live close to where there's a store, go in and speak to a product guide, bring them the product, and you'll receive 20% of the original MSRP towards um, right. towards your, your new gear. And then you can sell off that gear and get it back into the field. Um, in the future, we're hoping we can take a lot more back. We're just testing and learning from the garments that we're receiving and how to repair them in a way so that they're super uh, functional according to what their intended use is. Um, And we have really high quality control standards, um, even when we repair. So we repair everything ourselves. We wash everything ourselves. um, And then we work with partner companies to help enable us to move through that supply chain process more efficiently. So um, it's lots more to come on that, but it's definitely at a pretty exciting stage. It's at a growth stage. And just recently, now, like someone could trade in at your store in Soho in New York. So for instance, I could trade in my Arcteryx jacket. 
in Soho, correct? You launched that? Definitely. Yeah, we just opened a, our second store in Soho on uh, Broadway Street. So um, just literally November 6th, we opened our very first ReBird service center. So it's a physical representation of everything that we do within ReBird. You can go into the Broadway store and at the back of the store, that's a dedicated space with toolery and equipment um, for light touch repairs. Um, you can also select the material types if we need to do a functional repair for you, which will be sent out. Um, and so we, essentially everything's on site. So um, we also have a washer dryer. So you can bring in your gear right. and we'll help you um, add DWR repellent to it if it's if it's losing its ability to repel water. Um, we can do um, gore testing as well just to ensure it is repelling water accurately. Um, so all of the all of the machinery that we would use for light touch and medium touch repairs, the ADARC one, are on site at the service center and you can touch and see them um, with, of course, the support of a dedicated um, service guide. How has the, the response been from the consumer who have been to Because were you in New York? Did you witness any, any consumers interacting with the center? It was amazing. We had, I think the numbers were we had over 1,500 people come through on opening oh. day. Yeah, that's huge. Um, and that was over a matter of the entire day, but that was that was insanely massive, rewarding opportunity for us. We've already seen um, almost 100 repairs come through the space in under 10 days, and um, two thirds of them are salvageable in our service center. So we're able to do the repairs in under five minutes. Um, so that saves a month of delay for the guests for getting their garment yeah. back as well. Shipping, the big thing for us really around our our initiatives for um, circularity is really around carbon and we want to make sure we reduce the impact on the environment. So reducing how much we ship um, back to repair centers is, is really, really important to us. So um, the winds are, have been really encouraging so far. We're hoping to test and learn from this Rebird Service Center in Broadway so that we can scale it out further to new locations next year. That's a good point you make about them trading and in person in the repair saves on the carbon used via the freights you know, where that'd be the truck or the plane. That, that's a good point. Thank you for mentioning Yeah, it's, it's a really important aspect of the, our whole circular initiatives. We set some science-based targets in 2020 where we committed to reducing our greenhouse gas emissions intensity by 65%. Wow. So inside of that obviously lives freight um, and uh, our impact to materials as well. So there's a lot around climate that ties very closely to circularity. Yeah. Great. Um, now, I do want to get to, you know, what, you know, we're excited and frustrated about because that's rants and raves. Is there anything you would like to rant or rave about? You don't have to do both. I mean, because we don't like to be <laughs> negative, but um, feel free to do both if you like. So it's up to you. <laughs> uh, no, I'm pretty I'm a pretty glass half full kind of person. It helps to be in the role that I'm in um, <laughs> to be a visionary. Uh, I, you know, I, I think it's really the, the, for us right now, it's there's systems that we are lacking um, that don't necessarily easily exist in the marketplace that make it really hard for us to be able to enable the work more fluidly, but we're working with partners to be able to create that. So it's essentially us designing a whole net new concept, which is really exciting. So I see it as a positive. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited about all the people and businesses that are um, coming into the foray into circularity and and willing to roll up their sleeves and learn by doing. And, um, you know, I've been partnering with Gore-Tex as well, our materials team and us and our design team to try to figure out how safe to safely recycle materials that just are so contaminated that we can't, you know, do anything with. Um, we've been partnering with um, 
like our third party partner Trove in San Francisco, yeah. they have really enabled us to be able to even um, test this whole e-commerce program to begin with. They've been absolutely gems to work with. And then there's other partners coming up that have been able to help us through assessments, um, sorting, uh, trying to figure out deconstruction. Um, there's more to come. And I just, I want to see more in this space, more viable opportunities. So, um, you know, the audience is excited about the guests want it. They want to learn more. There's, um, there's lots of resources within our website where you can learn what we've learned so far. And we're going to continue to share as we go through the journey together. Um, and also there's other resources out there like the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. If you, you know, if you care to learn just at a, at a, at a ground level, what circularity means to the world. Um, and the impact on climate change. That's um, that's a great resource as well. So it's, I'm really grateful that we're doing this with some um, strong partners and and people who can help educate us along the way because it's, it's definitely not perfect. Yeah. And it is exciting because you, know, you guys are in some ways a first mover with this with the partners. So it will allow others to follow suit. Just to and that's what leadership does. Um, mm-hmm. I do though want to you know just say that's something that I'm excited about and just you know because I think um, the listeners you know, should give you some credit for that because, you know, you were a part of doing the collaborations for Arcteryx. So, you know, and I think the Jill Sander thing is, is that launch recently is something to be excited about. So um, I want to just, you know, give you props for that so the listeners know about that. Thank you. That was a really exciting project. It was a two-year project. And to put it into perspective, we started it right before COVID. So <laughs> fittings, all of it, picking color material made life a lot more complicated. They're based in Italy. So Italy was heavily locked down during COVID. And um, there were a lot of delays for us on both sides trying to get this project off the ground. So it's nice to finally see it uh, out in public and the response that we've been getting to it is amazing. It is 100% Arcteryx DNA inside of it. It is intended for backcountry alpine uh, ski and snow. We have Reco inside the garments. It's articulated all the way through. So full function, um, helmet compatible hood, all of it. So it's definitely a very pinnacle expression of ski wear and snow and snowboard wear. So we're pretty excited to see it out. Yeah. And I, I am as well. I think everyone is. So that's, that's great. And I'm happy that you're able to see it to fruition with all the hicks that happened with COVID. Um, yeah, it was, it was a journey. <laughs> I can imagine, especially because it would be the Zoom calls too, trying to communicate. That makes it much more in the time difference because you're on the West the Coast. Time yeah, yeah but, lots of hours spent with um, masks and trying to see sample fittings. So um, the team did an amazing job. I can't take any credit for the design development side. That team, Our team and their team did such a fantastic job trying to navigate through it all. And the results really show kind of the fruits of their labor. So now I do want to talk about Quebec because you know Quebec very well. Yeah, you know you went to Madame. yeah, and you know you went to McGill as well. So that's uh, and what? How would you say you know Quebec may have influenced you, Montreal, in any manner? I was really lucky to grow up in Montreal and totally aging myself at a time um, <laughs> when. So I went to Cégep at Dawson. I, I went to Marymount Academy in uh, NDG, um, and then I went to McGill. Um, and I was able to uh, be around at a time where business started really flourishing, culture was really starting to ramp up. And I was surrounded by some amazing uh, and prolific kind of coming of age artists, designers, um, movers and shakers. Yeah. And um, so like the guys from Vice Magazine were all um, part of our crew back in the early days when it was like a newsprint 
um, in Montreal and before they moved to New York. Um, uh, Willow Perron, who now is like well-revered as a creative director working with uh, Rihanna for Fenty and all different types of installations from um, industrial design. He's really into furniture and, and architectural design as well as graphic. Um, so he's now based out of LA. So um, he and I were close back in the day. And then, um, and just also even just like watching certain brands come up at the time and, and musicians coming of age at that time, um, they were all slightly, they were my peers and they were all slightly older than me. I was in school while they were just getting their careers going. Um, but it was a very, you know, Montreal is just a very, um, you know, it's like you roll up your sleeves and you get it done and, yeah. uh, and you do a lot of things. You don't necessarily only have one uh, aspect to yourself. You can, you can dabble in different areas. You can be involved in music. You can be involved in, in like the, the nightclub scene, you can be involved in design um, and it gives you all those opportunities if you're hungry for it. And that's very rare. You don't get a lot of people just patting you in the back and going, yeah, jump in, see what you can do. So I really, uh, I have a lot of admiration for the amazing people like the guys from What Les Essential. Back in the day, they had their own distribution company um, when they were doing acne. And um, I just have so much love for Montreal and the opportunity that it gave me to be able to try things and fail and try and succeed um, that now have enabled my ability to lead my team and people around me in a way that gives them the grace to be able to test their capabilities as well. No, no, I'm really happy that it has created a positive experience for you and you know, and that's still, you know, Montreal is so close to your heart, you know, because I remember when I reached out to you, you know, you had nothing but good things to say about Montreal and, you know, you were working with Mar Montreal artists and always having that very close to you. So that's so, so messy, you know, that it's, it's music to my ears to hear that, especially from the Quebec. Yeah. So. <laughs> always, always has my heart that place. I, I, I miss it. I don't miss the winters, but I, I certainly do um, miss the culture. Yeah, someone wants to go to Montreal in January, so that's the worst time for, for that to be your first time yeah. in Montreal. <laughs> yes, <laughs> heads up. Don't yeah. come <laughs> I was like, you should wait till mid-April, and then maybe we could talk, but not, unless you absolutely yeah. have or to go. Yeah, or May, or May. Yeah, or May, yeah. <laughs> One of the two. I yeah. mean, you know, it har it hardens you, and it gives you character. So, you know, I wore heels in January as I, as I moved my way through the city, and you know, tried to avoid slipping on ice and I survived. So I think it makes you, it makes you resilient. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is an important aspect. Um, you know, to, to close Dominic, um, what I want, I, which I asked most of my guests and, you know, I think, especially for me, like what, what advice do you have in the community? Cause you know, you have a great deal of experience, you know, making change, you have, you found a position, you know, that you create for yourself in some ways. Um, so what advice would you give to any of those in the industry currently right now? That's a great question. Take opportunity when you see it and make sure it feels right for you, but take the opportunity when you see it. I um, I was grateful to be given the opportunity, even if I felt like my skill set wasn't there and um, lean into it. Don't shy away from it. People are looking to bring you up. That's a gift. So if you have access to it, um, definitely encourage it. And if you don't get access to it, I've had so many people who have reached out to me directly and I, and I, I was in their shoes. So I give people the time um, yeah. as they're trying to navigate through their career. And I encourage other leaders to do the same thing for, for new people coming into the, into the field, because, you know, we're, we were all in university or CJEP or, or high school at some point, and we all needed somebody outside of our parents and friends to be able to lean on and say, how did you get there? So, um, you know, if, if you have access to it, great. If you don't, there's resources. So, and, and my door's open. 
Right. Well, merci, Dominique. And, you know, I really enjoy this conversation. And um, I, I know you're speaking with South by Southwest students. So I'll have to tune in when I, that is. That is that is that already happening or is that in March? Yes. No, that happens in March. So we're doing a um, circular circularity panel it's called Selling Circularity. And it's uh, there's two other uh, Patagonia and Cotopaxi and Arcteryx. And myself for Arcteryx will be speaking at a panel in March. We're just waiting for the official date, but that's been confirmed. Okay, perfect. So I will look look forward to that in March. And then, you know, of course, the next time you're in New York, I'll, I look forward to seeing you in person. So I'll see you soon. Merci d'avoir écouté Ryan's Rants and Raves. Suivez-nous sur Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. Thank you for listening to Ryan's Rants and Raves. Follow us on Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. À très bientôt.